0: Welcome in to Two on OSU. I'm Sam Hutchins. Ben Hutchins joins me, as always, to discuss Oklahoma State uh, football, basketball. We'll, we'll get into it all here today. Um, thanks for listening. You know, I, I know that there are certainly plenty of options you have to, to listen to, to podcasts and Oklahoma State news. So we thank you that uh, you choose to spend your time with us, and we'll do our best to to, to make it well worth it. It's a big news day today nationally. With with Nick Saban retiring, Ben, that just broke as we hit record. With that said, what are your knee-jerk reactions to, I guess, on the Oklahoma State front? You know, Bama was supposed to come to Stillwater in 2028. Um, he won't be there. He won't be anywhere next year. He'll be uh, with, with Miss Terry or on the golf course or wherever else. Yeah, cancel your 2028 plans, Cowboys. I hope uh, you aren't that good with your calendar uh, because... If you're hoping to see Nick Saban in Boone Pickens Stadium, not going to happen unless, who knows? I'm never going to say never, but certainly I think uh, a little sad to see such a large piece of at least college football in my time uh, as a college football fan. Sad to go. College football is not going to be the same without Nick Saban. That's right, Been Six national titles, one at LSU, too. Um, That's a ton. I, I remember Nick Saban, his, his recruiting pitch was always, hey, if, if you come here as a freshman and stay to a senior, there are very heavy odds you win a national championship. Alabama does it once, at least every four years. So, um, a lot of kids got a lot of rings in that tenure. Um, ben, do you think Mike Gundy gets a call or is, is uh, you know, is what's it there? Is this the end of it as far as the Oklahoma State news is concerned? Well, Tennessee, Alabama, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have not seen in the five minutes since this news broke any speculation about Mike Gundy um getting a call to go to Alabama but wouldn't that be something Gundy has a pretty decent deal as it is he gets like 5 million or so with the $125,000 raise every year so he's he's probably content um but yeah it'll be interesting to see who who fills that job and and what happens there would with- big bigger shoes to fill eventually Mike Gundy's shoes at at OSU relative to Stillwater or or Nick Saban's Alabama. I mean, would you want to who, who who would you rather follow if you're a upcoming college football coach? Yeah. Well, the word relative kind of throws me off a little bit um, because that that's tougher. But it's hard to say anyone. But Nick Saban. It's true the the Gundy family um, with with how much he's he's done here. It's it'll be big shoes to fill. But it's even even with you know town to town, what what Saban's done. It'll be. That'll be tough. I, I imagine you go Dabo Swinney or, or uh, Dan Lanning maybe at, at Oregon, but um, that, that will be tough to fill, no doubt. Um, hey, we'll get to our sponsors. Talk about things that are tough to fill. Ben, if, if you're trying to move and, and if you're looking for volunteers to help you move, it's tough to get volunteers to help you move your, your kitchen table sometimes or your, uh, your dining room table. That's where the two fellas come in, two fellas movers. Um, they're a big supporter of the show. In turn, we like to support them and what they do for you. So if you are moving or uh if if your friend's letting um if your friends trying to get you to help them move, say hey, call up the two fellas, they'll help you out there. We want to thank the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. You beautiful building inside and out. Um like driving by it, like going into it myself. You can learn a lot there, and um it's it's a fun museum to be at. So so hit them up. Midfirst Bank, thanks to Mid First Bank for supporting the show. And thanks for being a spot that allows you to just get your finances in order. Um, it's it's important whether you are been in my age, just trying to figure all this out for the first time, or you're later in life and just want to get a handle on things. Go to MidFirst Bank for your banking needs. And FireLakeJobs.com. That's the spot to go if you're looking to change careers. Uh, it can be um, maybe you're looking to, to change careers completely, just do a lateral step somewhere else. That's the spot to go in Oklahoma, FireLakeJobs.com. For a job change. And lastly, I want to thank Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ben, we've spent a ton of time in a Ford vehicle on the road this year, driving to um, Ames and uh, Houston and Houston again, wherever else we've driven. So thanks to the Ford dealers for being a sponsor of the show. And I'll remind you to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. I'll kick it to you, Ben. There's big news, um, you know, speaking of Nick Saban, Hall of Fame guy for sure. Oh, Justin Blackman got a nod to to be a, a College Football Hall of Fame member, too. Not a surprise here in Stillwater, but it's cool to see him get recognized. And um, it, it's almost hard to say where to start with, with Justin Blackman. That's right, Sam. And it's, you know, kind of a, a str- another honor, right? He just got inducted into the OSU um Hall of Fame, the OSU Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think it's called yeah. Athletics Hall of Fame. So a couple uh, cool honors for a guy who I think is now becoming more known for you know, what he did on the football field rather than anything in the NFL or, or bust. I think Justin Blackman is truly kind of uh, settling into his identity as one of the best college football players of all time, um, certainly in the modern generation. We heard Brandon Whedon talk about uh, how much you know he thinks of Justin Blackman and what kind of experiences they had at OSU? You remember that conversation with Whedon in Gallagher? Yeah, it was funny. It was at the Hall of Fame um, o- OSU deal where we asked him. Been we were with a couple other reporters, and I remember I asked, I asked Brandon Whedon, "What's what's the most athletic thing you've ever seen Justin Blackman do?" And, and not necessarily just uh, you know forcing you to to go within the bounds of a football field. And Brandon Whedon said, "Well, it was probably when." Um, his freshman year, Whedon said, I wasn't following with recruiting too much. I didn't know what was going on in terms of who was going to replace Dez, but we were playing basketball, a bunch of football players and a couple baseball players. Whedon said, Blackman, from from uh, from, from his two-foot, he took a two-foot jump, you know, just standing, and he windmill-dumped it, flushed a ball down in the Colvin. And um, the Whedon turned to someone else, and they said, yeah, that's the guy we, we have tabbed to replace Dez. And, Weedon said, well, I hope so, because uh, I imagine there's more where that came from. So there was a a very fruitful connection. And to win two Bolitnikovs is crazy. Not many guys do it. Um, I think it's just Crabtree, right? Ben, the the only other two-time Bolitnikov winner? Yeah, that sounds right. So with what Blackman did, uh, certainly certainly worthy of uh, a little introduction here on the podcast. Ben, let's talk next year. Let's give the required disclaimer. You read the episode title, Way Too Early 2024 Predictions. They're so much fun to do. Maybe it won't be so much fun to look back on because it really is way too early, but there is some things that we can glean and um, project forward in the future that I think, uh, you know, it's not a complete, um, it's not a complete, you know, misuse of uh, misuse of time here because it is possible to look forward to next year and, and be able to anticipate some of these things. I, I certainly think that's the case. And, you know, you see some of the trends, some of the patterns in 2023, especially toward the end of the season. You, you might say, hey, could be uh, something we see in 2024. And we aren't trying to go with the Ollie Gordon will lead OSU in rushing prediction. You know, that's not exactly what we're after uh, here, too. We're, we're going after some maybe unique things you hadn't thought of or hadn't considered uh, that we could maybe bring to light. And Sam, I'll, I'll get started with the first one. And I think, am I crazy here? Deshaun Stribling, I think he could lead the Cowboys in receiving next season and get to 1,000 yards, something even Brendan Presley didn't do this year. Yeah, that's interesting. its He's kind of a hard guy to gauge. We, we mentioned maybe that's the theme of this podcast a little bit, but he's a hard guy to gauge because he did look great before his season-ending injury, Um, I think in the Arizona State game. So in a small sample size, he looked great. I do agree that it's hard to exactly project what the what the receiving room will look like this year in terms of, you know, Bowman's favorite options because it felt like Stribling was Bowman's favorite option in the start of the year, then it turned to Presley, and then toward the end Rashad Owens really came on. And we've seen all three of those guys kind of be a focal point in the offense, and they all three will be back. But if you want to go out and say Stribling will will rise up and be the the number one target in that group, I I can't dispute that at all. I I can see there being a a case for that. And I think if you want to draw a distinction, I mean, I might give the edge to Brennan Presley in catches. We saw him set the all-time OSU single game record, you know. So Brennan Presley might end up with more receptions next year than Deshaun Stribling. But I think I'm going to give the edge in terms of yards and maybe uh, yards per pass, yards per completion to Stribling. Because like you said, of the connection he showed with Alan Bowman at the start of this year, and uh, his kind of deep play threat. He was leading the Cowboys in receiving early this season until he got hurt. So I expect it to, to continue and start right back up. My prediction that maybe you've thought of, maybe you haven't for 2024, a lot of times looking at the schedule, it won't reveal anything, but I think the FCS opponent on Oklahoma State's schedule in the non-con next year is going to be tougher than the SEC opponent. That's South Dakota State, um, and I'm comparing them versus Arkansas in, in this example, but um, look, Arkansas—they'll be all right. They'll have some some good players, but I don't think they'll be they'll be anything special. So the Razorbacks are coming to Stillwater, and um, you know the they haven't played since 1980, so not a lot of history. Uh, but the Razorbacks went four and eight, and they lost KJ Jefferson. He transferred to another school in the Big Twelve, UCF. So the Razorbacks are just in a state of change, um, and the Jackrabbits. Look, all they do is win. They got their 29th consecutive win in the FCS championship against Montana. So FCS, you know, don't don't just tune that out, Ben. A lot of folks are saying that um, maybe it was a little malpractice that they weren't ranked, even though they are an FCS team. But that's just because of the, the culture that the Jackrabbits have built up. Um, their last loss, to, to give a little Power 5 comparison, their last loss was at Iowa. In 2022, but they lost by four points, seven to three. So the 2022 version can hang with the uh, with uh, a solid Big Ten team. And um, the the Jackrabbits are coming off a national championship. So I'm just floating it out. That's the first game of the year. It's in August, August 31st. But watch out for the Jackrabbits to be uh, the potential loss in the non-con for Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's no you know, kind of ease into it game for the Cowboys to start things off in Boone Pickens Stadium. That's going to be a tough one. Um, I don't think the Jaguars are going to sneak up on anyone, like you said, Sam, because of their record and what might be, I haven't checked on this, but probably the longest win streak in college football right now uh going into Boone Pickens Stadium next season. So I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. And gosh, I'm excited for that game. That'll be fun. Yeah, it kind of feels like how everyone was hyping up South Alabama this last year as Man, the, the Jaguars, that's the team you gotta watch. That those are those are the cats that are gonna give the Cowboys some some struggles. And they did. It was like the the trendy upset pick in March Madness. Um, you know, that that twelve seed that, that ends up coming in and, and dominating. Um and everyone can point to it and said, I saw that coming. So I'm just saying that's kind of what it feels like this year. So the Cowboys do not want to start slow on August 31st. No doubt. Sam, I have a prediction, I think, kind of uh where where you were starting to go. Overall, Big Twelve strength. I think the Big Twelve is going to easily get two teams into the college football playoff next season. Of course, it expands to twelve, so not quite uh, as bold as that take would have been a year ago. Sure. But, um, I mean, you you look at it right now, Sam. The Big Twelve or the college football playoff has six automatic bids, six at-large bids. Well, that's probably going to go down to uh, five and seven because of the Pac-12's kind of implosion. So there should theoretically be seven at-large bids up for grabs, um, aside from the Big 12 championship game winner. And there are a few teams, you know, getting a lot of respect in the other way-too-early uh, look-aheads to 2024. I think between Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Utah, there could be two teams in the co- in the college football playoff next year from the Big 12. That sort of bleeds into my last prediction. Hey, it's almost like we plan the show out in advance. Um, no, we do. But my last prediction is: I think the Cowboys are going to be very fortunate to not get Arizona on the schedule. Um, With the disclaimer that I think it'll be maybe like that Texas deal this year, where everyone says, "Oh, the Cowboys—they got so lucky by not playing Texas," and then you look up, and those are the two teams matched up against each other in the Big Twelve championship. So. I'm saying from a way too early perspective, when you look at schedules, analyze who's who's got what and who's hosting where in the Big 12 next year, the Cowboys don't get Arizona and the Wildcats will be one of the favorites to win the Big 12. I'll just run it down real quick. You know, um, Oklahoma State fans probably reveled in their defeat of OU. They went 10 and three and now they come into the Big 12 on a seven game winning streak and they bring back their quarterback, Noah Fafita. And um, most of their O-line comes back. They have a a stud receiver, McMillan, who comes back too. So um, I think it could be one of those deals like last year where maybe the Cowboys wouldn't make it to Arlington if they ended up playing Arizona because a loss would would have removed them. But when they get to Arlington, I could see them playing Arizona. So that's just um, way too early 2024 what I see from the schedule. Yeah, similar to kind of the narrative going into this season, Sam, and we saw maybe how beneficial it was for the Cowboys not to have to play the Longhorns until the Big 12 championship game. Um, So certainly something to keep your eye on going forward to next season. And I bring up Arkansas a little earlier. It's worth doubling back on. Um, They have one of Arkansas's best players that I'll be excited to watch um, for for, folks taking that game is Luke Hawts, the the Bixby tight end who um, was one of Arkansas's best players as a true freshman and uh, until he got hurt. But, Arkansas will be missing a guy in that game that is coming over to the other side. The Cowboys picked up a transfer today in the portal, A.J. Green. Um, Ben, you updated the transfer portal tracker, which I recommend you uh, listeners check out if you need the full picture of who's coming and and who's going. But, Ben, what can the Arkansas kid, who's uh, an Oklahoma native, what can the A.J. Green bring, I assume, behind Ollie Gordon, Um, unless you think he's going to – Come in and supplant some of that work, but what does Green bring to the table? Yeah, you you could maybe bring Blake Corum back for another season. I don't know if he would start uh, at number one over Ollie Gordon on the depth chart, Sam. But um, AJ Green's, I think he's going to be, you know, more than just a a backfill kind of end of rotation. Ollie needs a breather, guy. He was really productive in all three of his seasons at Arkansas. Um, he he rushed for nine hundred and fifty one yards in those three seasons and averaged 4.73 yards a carry. So this guy knows how to get it done against obviously solid defenses there in the SEC and yeah, he's he's a Tulsa guy. Many of you might know him. In 2021, he was the number 2 player in the uh class out of Oklahoma. So highly touted guy coming back for his senior season in Stillwater, uh, out of Tulsa Union. I think it's a player uh who's a great fit for OSU. You want a guy um, in case something happens to Ollie Gordon, you look at it, OSU was remarkably, I guess, fortunate, lucky, whatever way you want to look at it with Ollie Gordon's health this season. So I think it's an important ad for the Cowboys. Yeah, I I just keep I can't keep up you know, thinking with, with all the hype going into next year around this Oklahoma State team, it a lot of it does boil down to and circle back to the health of Ollie Gordon and the the nature of can this guy keep it up if the Cowboys decide to give him 25 carries a game. Um, I don't know if, if he will get, you know, 25 carries a game like we saw him once OSU turned it over, uh, turned over the reins on offense to him. But I imagine, you know, Gordon will be the guy from the jump. So at least in the non-conference, he'll be fed a little more. So it, uh, I, I agree that adding, adding a running back or maybe even two running backs um, to go along with as your as your running back room was a high priority for Oklahoma state. So it seems like they they did a good job, a quality pickup there. Yeah. And it seems like just from a, um, a build standpoint, um, uh, AJ green has much more of that Jaden Nixon kind of build, which is what the Cowboys lost. Of course, Jaden Nixon is currently in the transfer portal. So if you're looking for, you know, what kind of role, uh, he might play, I would assume maybe more of that Nixon role. Let Sessie be a little bit more of the kind of power guy. Um, While, while we're here, Sam, I think it's worth running down the five portal additions OSU's gotten so far, and those are um, starting on December sixteenth. Kobe Hilton, a safety from UTEP; Isaiah Glass, an offensive lineman from Arizona State. Cowboys also picked up a tight end from Ohio, um, a senior Tyler Foster, um, Obi Ezigbo, a defensive end from Gannon University. Obviously, the Brian Nardo connection there, and of course uh, today we found out A.J. Green from Arkansas is coming to Oklahoma State. Which of those players, Sam's, maybe from their position or or whatever, are you kind of most excited to watch and uh, you feel like was maybe the best pickup for the Cowboys? Well, I think the the best pickup is Tyler Foster, the, the Ohio tight end. I remember I've talked with um, with Josh Ford, the incoming Stillwater tight end, uh, and, and Ford told me, yeah, the, the Cowboys are, you know, they said they'll probably try to bring in a vet um, and you think about what they lost this year with Braden Cassidy and Josiah Johnson. Both those guys lost their eligibility. So um, I think Josh Ford, a Stillwater Pioneers guy, he can be a, a big part of this offense, especially in the blocking game. Um, he's got the the frame of a guy who can come in and contribute and be a physical blocker, um, even as, as a true freshman. But I was still anticipating the, the Cowboys to pick up um, a vet tight end. And they got that in in Foster. He's not a guy that will wow you with his stats either. Um, in, in 2022, he played in 13 games for Ohio and didn't, didn't you know, uh, I think he had 185 yards on 13 catches. So that's like a catch a game. But what, what, what OSU will want from him is, is to be just a physical Josiah Johnson, Braden Cassidy type guy. So they got that in the portal. That was the, the need that I had identified for him. And, and I think it is so important. You you brought up, you know, Josh Ford. Even as I wrote about, he was the guy eating 12 eggs a day growing up. I mean, there's a difference between an 18, 19-year-old blocker and a 22, 23-year-old blocker. Um, the Cowboys get that veteran tight end in foster, which I think is so important just from a physicality, you know, body frame standpoint. And you said 12 eggs a day. It was it was like 12 eggs a meal, right? It wouldn't even spread over the whole day. it? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was twelve eggs a meal, twelve eggs in an omelet. What's what's your record? Maybe four, five? I I was I was actually thinking about that. I think it was I think it was five. Yeah. Um, but that uh, I mean, shoot, that's. I, and I know J- Josh wasn't wasn't necessarily you know just going straight scramble. I think he had toast and stuff too. Uh, he, he had a full breakfast with, with twelve eggs, so it shows he's like six eight and um uh, had the body of a D one football player. But that's that's uh. That's quite the sacrifice. would you rather 12 scrambled eggs or what Rocky did? Oh yeah, he have like three raw which, is, which would you rather do? Because I imagine like I'm like, dude, with Josh Ford, you're cooking them, but you're eating so much more. I imagine that'd be healthier than just putting a couple down raw. Yeah, if I had the choice, Sam, I think I'd have to scramble them up. It would take some serious nerve to to uh take to, t- to take that shot of eggs. I don't know if I could do that. Okay, well, we will keep you updated with the football transfer tracker. Um, the portal's closed, but the Cowboys and other teams can still get guys. You know, you just can't hop in the portal until the spring anymore. So um, keep updated with the portal and with the podcast for that. We'll talk a little basketball now, Ben. The Cowboys are off to an 0-2 start in Big 12 play. Uh, lost at home to Baylor. Lost Tuesday night at Texas Tech. There have been signs of, uh, of promise for, for this Cowboys team. It just hasn't manifested on the scoreboard. And with a subpar non-conference slate, you know, it's not a time for, for Oklahoma State basketball to, to be, uh, you know, too happy with, with moral victories. You, you need actual victories to get to Marsh madness. Yeah, the, the three-point shooting, which was so promising in the non-conference portion leading up to Big 12 play, has not been at the level of the Cowboys, you know, the level they needed at. Uh, through through a couple of games of Big 12 play. I think the Baylor game was, was promising. OSU should have won that game, right? You know, you look at the the four-point foul there at the end, the turnover from Eric Daly bringing the ball up. I think without a couple uh things going that way at the end of the game, the Cowboys win that game. It doesn't go to overtime. But the Texas Tech game, if you're looking for hope, was maybe a little bit of a step back from uh, the optimism that maybe the Baylor game brought on. Yeah. I've been, it's fun to watch. I I like watching Brandon Garrison, um, the the freshman who was great against Baylor. Boynton said after the the Baylor game, there were times where where Brandon Garrison was the best player out of the 10 on that court. Um, So he went off against Baylor, was held mostly in check in Lubbock. I think he had four points. Um, And he just wasn't a huge focal point. You know, it's not like he was jacking up a ton of shots um, and still only got four points, but he just kind of disappeared there. And that can happen a little bit um for a cowboy team that has just struggled offensively at, at large parts of, of this season and in past seasons. So we'll we'll see what they do. It it just there's no relent in the in the Big 12 schedule. It it only gets harder and um it's it's a tough time to be a team figuring things out. I, I wrote in my newsletter Ben, there's a there's a reason why Elrond didn't form the Fellowship of the Ring in Mordor. You know, you want to get things figured out before you get in Uh, to the thick of it. And that's kind of what the Cowboys are um, struggling with right now. I think the thing I'm watching, Sam, is the Cowboys defense, right? You can't give up 90 points on the road and expect to win with the way the Cowboys are currently structured. I mean, not many teams in college basketball are, but with the way the Cowboys are, that's just not a winning recipe. So I think they're going to have to really tone back the points in the paint. 46 of them for the Red Raiders last night. That game ended with Some of the most vicious slam dunks at the rim I've seen in a while. I mean, it it got kind of out of hand underneath the rim. So that's an area I'm watching. If the Cowboys can get that kind of clamped down, it gives me a little bit more optimism about where this team can go. That's right. Well, thanks so much for watching, listening, uh, subscribing. I, I think pretty much any button you press helps. Um, and and leaving a comment, we're always happy to to aim to respond to those. And you can reach both of us at Twitter if you just search up our names. So uh, thanks for for taking in all of our sellout crowd content. I hope you're enjoying the app. As the last thing, we uh, we're ho- we're encouraging people to download the app. Um, you know, you shouldn't need too much encouragement encouragement because it's kind of just a help. Um, I like having it on my home screen and finding my stories that way. So. Everything is free here at Sellout Crowd, which is a a cool part of this business. And um, we look forward to, to bringing you more free content all year long. Thanks for listening.